bagpipe is one of the oldest instruments. To play it, you blow into a pipe attached to a leather or synthetic bag, then press on the bag to force the air out The Big Rap Show podcast is very kindly sponsored by G1 Reads. Be sure to check out G1 on Facebook and on G1Reads.com. Their G1 Platinum Chanter and G1 Platinum Reads famously played by the 2016 Champion of Champions in Verarian District. Plus, the Red Hot Chili Pipers. So many thanks to the guys at G1 for keeping the lights on here at the Big Rab Show podcast. Yes, hello. Welcome along to another Big Rab Show podcast. How are you? Episode 16. Yeah, we've been doing this now for 16 weeks. Can you believe it? 16 episodes. And it's just flown in. It's just been crazy. And uh, yeah, something that has just totally surprised me. This is, what, three months we've been doing this now? Possibly. Well, 16 weeks. Anyway. But what started out to be a bit of an experiment to see how it goes, this podcast thing has just lifted off. Like, I cannot believe the amount of people who tune in each and every week and download and... Yeah, drop us comments on iTunes and contact us on our social media. It's just been going nuts. I've expected this to the very beginning, I'll be honest. I thought that this would maybe last maybe three, four weeks. Just to see how it goes, see if we gauge some kind of an interest. You know, is there an audience there? I honestly thought, eh, I don't know. There might be one or two, you know. But, wow. I cannot believe the, the reception we've got. So thank you to everyone who tunes in each and every week. And also for you new listeners who seem to catch us every week. We've only just discovered the podcast. This is great. So welcome to all you new listeners out there. We are the show for the piping folk. So if it's got bagpipes in it, around it or near it, then we are the show for you. Yeah, covering everything from the bagpiping world. Probably specific, like the competitive piping world, I should say, in the world of pipe bands and solo piping and stuff. But we do cover stuff to do with the Celtic music scene and folk music and all that kind of stuff. Everything that has bagpipes in it, we're all over it. So we are the show for the piping folk, as we say. <clears throat> so, yeah, let's cover the social media. A little bit of piping news, <clears throat> just at the very beginning our Facebook page reached a bit of a milestone this past week. And, yeah, very, very chuffed about it. We just reached over 5,000 likes. Oh, my word. That's 5,000 people who decided to click that thumbs up button. So that is just amazing. We do an awful lot of work over on our Facebook page. We have, of course, our weekly feature Throwback Thursday, where we trawl the internet looking for old videos from back in the day of some amazing performances by some of the best and possibly some dodgy ones that might not sound too great but are still good to look at <laughs> with some a lot of familiar faces and things. So, yeah, and plus we do a load of live streaming in that with the season just around the corner. We have plans coming in, but we're going to be covering a lot of domestic competitions plus our majors as well here in the UK. So, <clears throat> Yeah, we do a lot of stuff over on our Facebook page. So to have 5,000 people give us a thumbs up, that's brilliant. And we're dead, dead proud of it. And thank you to each and every one of you for giving that thumbs up. I really appreciate it. It means a lot. It kind of, yeah, puts a smile on the face. It means all the work that goes into this show. Yeah, it's kind of appreciated. So thank you, everyone. And if you haven't yet... Please tell a friend. Tell a friend about our social media and our Facebook page, the Twitter as well, at Big Rab Show. Plus, yeah, tell your piping mates about the podcast. Tell them, ah, there's this weird guy from Northern Ireland who talks about piping every, every week. And uh, ach, he talks a load of garbage, but sometimes he makes sense. <laughs> <clears throat> so, yeah. If you can, recommend a friend, tell them about the podcast. And, yeah, let's see our little piping crowd grow, will we? Grant, let's get into it. Time for listener mail. Now, each and every week, I would love to delve into the big rab show at gmail.com and get a look at the emails you guys send us. It's kind of something special I do just for the podcast. Let's say we have the live show over on Fuse FM and Bottle Money, but we don't really bring listener messages on there. We get text messages and stuff live, but 
Yeah, this email box is something special for you podcast listeners. So if you want to send an email, especially a voicemail, <laughs> I have to stress that, that's a good one. BigRabShow at gmail.com. Send us in an email and I would love to hear it. And yeah, hopefully it'll bring it to the show. So I'm actually going to skim through these this week because we got a load um, on last week's podcast, we were talking about disabled people in, you know, in the piping world and how they can be accommodated. I think it was a question that came in by Noel. <coughs> Excuse me. Noel had sent in a voicemail asking the question, and it sparked a whole debate. A lot of people have a lot of polarized positions on it and how there should be allowances made for it. And on some occasions, some people said that it could actually hurt a band's performance when striking up an introduction or something and you're having to wait for a disabled member or, you know, if you're marching towards someone, for example, and all of this kind of thing. It was a very, very large debate. Excuse me. And we've got a lot of people messaging in and talking all about it. So (laughs) rather than try and address each and every one of you, because believe me, there was a lot, and I'm talking over 15, 20 emails perhaps just at a glance here, Loads of people had opinions on this topic. Don't worry. I did say that I was going to dedicate an entire podcast to it, and I will. This is a massive topic area. And a really good question, no. Um, <clears throat> here we are, second podcast, and we're still answering your question. <laughs> so I honestly don't think that we're going to see the end of this topic. <laughs> it's going to roll on for quite a while. So rest assured... There will be a complete dedicated podcast to this topic. Yes, we do want to address it. And yeah, I am in the process of putting the feeders out there to various organizations and associations to get their steer on it. Plus also trying to consult the rule books and everything to see what the law of the land actually says on, you know, access to piping and drumming. So it's such a big topic. A load of people have a lot of opinions on it and... Yeah, I honestly don't know what can come from it. If anything, it's a really interesting discussion and definitely one that I think we should be having. So, yeah, we will continue on that. Rest assured, there will be a dedicated podcast to that. We will talk all about it. So, if you want, you can still feel free and message me in. If you're just getting caught up on our back catalogue, that was last week's podcast where we were talking about disabled people and having access to piping and drumming. It's a massive topic area. Go and check out last week's podcast. Yeah, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Grant. So, yes, that kind of addresses all of the emails that I got on that particular topic. There was a load of them. Hi to everyone who sent them in. <laughs> Sorry that I'm not going to give you a mention on this podcast. But, yeah, rest assured your message was received. And, yeah, will be addressed. There was, I don't know, so many. I'm counting here. Let me see. Yeah, there was about 16. 16 emails. Can you believe that? 16 emails on the one topic. All on disabled people having access to piping and drumming. So, this is going to be a massive topic. So, anyway, let's fly on. We've got more to talk about. More listener mail. Now, I've got an email here from John Grant. Now, this is a massive email, John. What are you doing to me? But this looks to be another massive topic. He goes on to talk about something that I'll probably go into in another podcast where he talks about the Pipe Band World Cup. Hmm. Now, I'll let that percolate for a little while. And if anything, I'll let you speculate in your own head what you think a World Cup would look like. But... um, Hmm. He has a long and detailed email giving how it should be set up, how it could be competed for. This is a big topic, John. So, John, yeah, he says he's a former drummer from Australia. And, yeah, since moving regional, he follows the scene online. So that's where he caught ourselves. So, John, thanks a million for emailing in, pal. I really appreciate the email. It's long, but it looks really interesting. I've read it a couple of times now, and you've made some really, really interesting points. And um, this, again, will make another topic of the week. So hi to John. 
Now, also got an email in there from Dan, of course from the Chicago Highlanders. I have to give him a special shout because he sent me a video that will be posted on the Rab Show page whenever we were talking about disabled people having access. There you go. So, hi. Right, I got another one here from Chris. Now, uh, Rab, in follow-up to the last episode, 14 already? Question mark. Yeah, we're on to 16 now. I seem to remember a player at the Worlds recently that was on crutches. So again, we're on to the disabled topic. So I believe they broke their leg earlier and were allowed to play, provided they walked to the circle. That's interesting. Yeah. At that point, I believe that someone handed them the instrument and the band played. Ah, now see, that is interesting. Uh, So the band were able to strike up with their usual introduction uh, and then... The guy got handed his pipes or whatever, you know, and just had to join in. Or, I don't know, how did that work? That's interesting. Um, maybe did the band just walk in without playing, circle up, and then strike in with their introduction, standing still? Interesting, interesting. But yeah, uh, you know, I think different associations around the world seem to have different takes on this. This is a massive topic area. Wow. Anyway, Chris has said, keep up the great work. I've enjoyed the podcast since day two. Is that, yeah, week two. I'm not doing it every day. Good God. <laughs> so he missed the launch, but caught up after show two. So brilliant. Thanks, Chris, for joining us. That's Chris Shepard there, all the way from, let me see, please, I play pipes with the city of Albany Pipe Band, based in Albany, New York. Awesome. Chris, thanks a million, pal, for emailing in. And to everyone else for emailing in, I really appreciate your emails. Honestly, and again, apologies for just glossing over them on this show. I kind of feel really guilty doing that. But most of the emails we got were all on the disabled topic. (laughs) We're all on the one place. Now, the reason why I'm not dedicating this podcast to the disabled topic is because I haven't finished my research yet. I'll throw my hand out and be honest with you. I wanted to approach it from an angle where I've kind of done a bit of research and done a good bit of work and actually know where I'm coming from. So, yeah, as I said, I'm in contact at the moment. I'm going to be out reaching out to different associations around the world to see how they handle this this, this topic in general. Plus, I'm also going to be getting in contact with their headquarters in RSPBA in Glasgow and ask them what they think. So... There you are, guys. That's listener mail for this week. We have no voicemails this week. Which was so gutted. Yeah, I love getting voicemails in, guys. If all you have to do... I say all you have to do. But, yeah. (laughs) Get a recording on your phone, your mobile device, whatever. You can just record your own voice and then... Email it here to the Big Rab Show at gmail.com. So it's BigRabShow at gmail.com. Email it off. And then your voice could be on the next podcast. Ask a question, even if it's just to say, Yeah! Rob, you're all right, pal. Uh, you know, I'll accept those as well. No bother. <laughs> right. Let's get into it. It's time for the piping news. Now, the piping world has been insanely busy. If anybody caught the live show on Tuesday night there on Fuse FM, it was packed. It was unbelievably packed. I had a massive script to get through, and even at that, I didn't get through all of it. So, here's your opportunity to catch up. Here's the podcast. Catch up. (laughs) Ground, the Piper News. Pipe Idol 2017. Yes, the massive big piping event, of course, and Pipe and Life Festival has opened its doors again for 2017. If you're aged under 21 and you want a chance to take part, now is your chance. If you're listening in the UK, or even if you're not in the UK and you're coming over to be at Pipe and Live, now's your chance. You can compete for this amazing title, Pipe Idol 2017. The competition itself is run in four different heats with four players with a grand final. Each Pipe Idol contestant must play... Now, this is your requirements, so listen. <laughs> Each Pipe Idol contestant must play an MSR, so it's a march to spay and reel, four parts each tune. And then a hornpipe and jig set, again, four parts hornpipe, four, four parts jig, so four parts each. Then, after all of that, they have to play a medley selection of their own choice. Now, this can last anything between four to five minutes maximum in length. 
Okay, so that's an MSR, hornpipe jig, medley. Three different sets. So, if you'd like to take part in this event, and let's face it, who wouldn't? Because that's just, yeah, an amazing event. Um, yeah, you can fill in a form that's online at Pipe and Live website. Or, well, let me say or, and so, and. <laughs> so, yeah, fill out the application form. And you also need to film a video of you playing. Now this I don't know if this is new or not, but it's been introduced anyway. So yeah, you need to film yourself performing the required repertoire. So you need to film your MSR, film your hornpipe and jig, and your medley. Now, yeah, everyone has mobile devices now with, you know, cameras on it, so hopefully it should be easy enough filmed. But yeah, get someone to help you. If you have, if you need to, so you send your video files off to nypb at thepipeandcenter.co.uk. Easy peasy. So once your video's off, and your application's off, then you cross your fingers. So there you go. <laughs> so, as I said, the video has to include all the elements that I just mentioned there: the MSR, hornpipe and chicken, your medley, but has to include something extra if you're aged sixteen and under. So if you're under sixteen. You also have to have a parent or guardian given a short message at the start of the video saying, I give my permission for whatever your name is uh, to be entered into Pipe Battle 2017. Yeah, because they need this parental permission or guardian permission for, yeah, I think they call them a minor, but yeah, you don't want to call them people minors, under 16s to go and enter. So, do you know what? It's an ample ample time to go and enter probably one of the biggest piping competitions during the Piping Life Festival. Now, deadline has been extended to Monday the 8th of May. So if you're listening to this after Monday the 8th of May, you're too late. 5pm Monday 8th of May in the UK, you have to get your entry in. If it's not in by then, then tough. And for those who are going to enter, best of luck. As I said, it is a crazy, crazy event. Some of the best talent in the world has been at Pipe Idol 2016 and 2015 before. The last couple of years have been insane. So if you actually get through and entered into the event, that's kind of a feather in your cap in its own right. So good luck to everyone at Pipe Idol 2017. Now, Doko Triumph Street. Yes, we all know and love our lovely Doko. They have launched a new line of merchandise. Woohoo! So all of us with deep pockets, and yeah, who did, does anybody else spend a stupid amount of money on pipe band merchandise, or is it just me? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I got t-shirts and hats and stickers and uh, yeah. So that's exactly what Daiko have released: a whole new updated line of merchandise, including t-shirts, bumper stickers, all that kind of stuff. It's all on the Daiko Triumph Street website. Go and check it out. Click on the shop tab. Bing. It's all there. All new. That looks class, and to be honest, yeah, I'm going to have to try and pick myself up a t-shirt because they do look kind of cool. Anyway, Derry Clavin Pipe Band from County Fermanagh here in Northern Ireland will be holding their annual parade in Lisbelaw. Now, this is going to be held on Friday the 5th of May. So, of course, depending on when you're listening to this, it might already happened. But on the 5th of May at half 8 p.m. In Lisbelaw and County Fermanagh, the band is holding their annual parade. Now this is also, yeah, kind of for bands to kind of raise a bit of money. So I think funds raised on today on the day will go towards Derry Clavin Pipe Band. So all bands and supporters are invited to come along and help support this great event. So there you go. Friday the 5th of May, half eight. Now, Ross Ainsley and Ali Hutton. I've been talking about them now. It seems to be... Every blinking podcast, <laughs> these guys are back in the studio. As you well know, they are now working on the follow-up to their first album, Symbosis. So they're now working on album number two, and they're calling it Symbosis 2. Now, if you haven't caught their first album, Symbosis, where have you been? And you need to get this album. I can't stress it enough if you're a piping fan at all. Oh, you need this album in your life. Same way I can talk about the Field Marshal Montgomery's latest album. That's another one you need. Like, I can't even say, oh, it would be nice to have. No, you need it. <laughs> yeah, 
Ross Ainsley, Ali Hutton, of course, two piping protégés from the late great Gordon Duncan, a fantastic duo, are in the studio recording their second album. Now, the reason I'm talking about it is because recently on their Facebook page, Ross and Ali, they released a little clip, a little sneak peek as to what they're doing at the moment. And oh my word, it sounds amazing. So we are keeping a close eye on developments. Uh, We haven't heard anything about release dates yet or anything like that, but we'll be keeping a very close eye on Ross Ainsley. And Mr. Ali Hutton as well. As they're both furiously working away on their new album. Go along to their Facebook page. They have a few clips up there. It's just recently they released a new one. And oh it's good. It's good. Right. The Virginia International Tattoo was this past weekend. So for those of you who didn't manage to catch it of course. Some amazing performances from all the bands involved. Now I have to be honest. Some of the bands playing on there were just incredible. Well done to everyone. So, and yeah, I included some stellar performances from our current world champions, Worcester Kilty. Unbelievable run. Some of the bands on there were just really, really having a great day. And you could tell their sound was spot on. Playing was fantastic. Definitely piping seemed to be in a very healthy place that day. So, yeah, us here in the Rab Show, we were managing to help them out with some tips for their live streaming. So they provided a lot of live streaming on the day uh, at the International Tattoo there in Virginia and managed to live stream each band individually along with the finale, the end of the day. It's fantastic. Go along and check it out. The Virginia International Tattoo, they have it all up there on their Facebook page. And yeah, bit of a feather and a cap of the big rab show. We kind of helped them a little bit. <laughs> so it's well worth a look, honestly, because some of the performances of the bands involved, some of them played out of their skin. They were really, really good. Some fantastic music produced on the day. Go and check it out. The Virginia International Tattoo videos are all up there online now to go and check out. Now, the National Youth Pipe Band of Scotland. Now, we've been talking about them now for a while. But recently they've been throwing a showcase event in the National Piping Centre here in sunny Glasgow. So if you haven't caught this yet, oh my word, these kids, unbelievable. (laughs) Ah, I don't know, it just makes you want to throw the sticks in the corner and give up. You know, these kids are like 13, 14, playing these big reels and hornpipes and you're like, come on, I'm in my 30s. I'm I'm never going to play like that. Come on. So, yeah. It's a testament to the guys of the National Youth Pipe Band. Unbelievable showcase event. Played a lot of great concert material. As well as some stuff that would really give bands a run for their money in the competition circle, I have to say. So their videos are up on Facebook, of course. Where else would be on the Big Rab Show Facebook page? We've shared them out there for you guys. Go and check them out. These kids, oh my word. So... (laughs) I don't know how to sell it to you, other than saying that it was just brilliant. Unbelievable. So, yeah, the videos are all up there on the Rab Show Facebook page. Go and check out the National Youth Pipe Band of Scotland at their showcase. It was brilliant. Congratulations to everyone involved at the showcase event. I think you managed to pull off quite a great performance. Now, congratulations has to go to Jocks Transvaal Scottish Pipes and Drums. Yeah. Why, you may ask? Because they had a very successful weekend this past weekend in the South African National Championships. Yes, the South African National Championships were held just this past weekend. And, yeah, Transvaal Scottish Pipes and Drums had a great, great competition. Firsts all round. And also a very successful, even by all accounts, with the whole event itself was just really successful. With all reports coming in from all over saying how great it was, it was really well organised, the judging was fantastic, the bands themselves played up a storm, piping seems to be in a really, really healthy place there in South, South Africa at the moment. Now, on the competition itself, the competition ran and we had such, you know, we had stand, you know, Stand-in judges, that's the wrong word I'm looking for. But yeah, we had judges there from what we would know here in the UK. So, of course, we had the likes of Mr. Terry Tully. He was there. But he was there giving some expert tuition as well. He was running different workshops and different things. So it was great to see Terry down there with the guys. And 
Yeah, it kind of bodes well. If you've seen any of the videos at all uh, from the South African National Championships, whew, some of those bands, I don't know, they would, <laughs> they would do really well if they were to come to the World Championships. Now, I understand South Africa is miles away, <laughs> but, uh, you know, when you're playing like that, definitely have a shot whenever it comes to Glasgow Green. So, yeah, I think the piping scene in South Africa at the moment at the minute is very, very vibrant and definitely, definitely going the right direction. And it's really strong. So, hey, you never know. We might see some world champions coming from South Africa very soon. You never know. Now, an article was published recently. Don't know if you managed to catch this or not on pipershut.com. Yes, I don't know if you caught it or not, but I have been using this as kind of my Bible this last one. <laughs> this one article. It's a one-stop shop for your North American piping season 2017. It has everything on there. It has all your different schedules for all your different organizations and associations around North America, as well as all the results. Now, that's a big deal, too. Sometimes it can be really difficult to get the results of some of the regional competitions in America. So this is just perfect. <laughs> so, yeah, as well as covering everything from all of the regional associations as well. It sometimes covers the national events as well. It also gives some little handy hints and tips for people who've never been to a competition before in North America as well as giving little tips for the individual venues themselves, you know, where to go and possibly park your car, different things like that. And, yeah, this is constantly constantly being updated as we go along. So check out thepipershut.com. Definitely worth checking out. I have been using this particular article now as my go-to for the North American piping season, I have to be honest. <laughs> Definitely worth going and checking out. Now... As we're talking about the North American pipe band season, let's talk about Maxville. Yeah, now I know I've got a very large American audience who would listen to our podcast, so you guys might well know what I'm about to talk about. Of course, I'm going to be talking about the poor entry for Maxville. Now, it's the North American Pipe Band Championship, but there's an incredibly low turnout. There's very few bands entered, and it's just... It makes you scratch your head and think, what's going on? At the moment, there's only one grade one band entered. And that's the Toronto Police. Now, whenever we were talking about this on the live show on Tuesday night, we were asking, oh, why isn't Simon Fraser there? Well, we've just heard from Simon Fraser themselves that this clashes with a different event in their calendar. So this is what we're discovering now. That this event, the North American Championship held in Maxville is clashing with different different events from different associations. So that's one reason why other bands may not go and compete at the North American Championships. But it's supposed to be the you know the whole continent's most prestigious competition. It's your national championship. I, I don't I don't get it. I don't why organize it and clash with other events? It doesn't make sense. But Hey, it is what it is. Also, I think it's the week before the Worlds. Yeah, because it's in August. So I think it's the first week in August and then the Worlds is the second week. Something like that. I haven't got a calendar in front of me. I'm totally wrong. You guys are all shouting going, No, you got it wrong, you idiot. Yeah, so, but yeah, <laughs> it's the week before the Worlds. So do you really want to go slog your guts out in Maxwell? Or Maxwell? Maxville? And then... Possibly have a bad showing the following week. You know, I don't know. It's difficult to know. Difficult to know. But what are your thoughts on it, guys? Maxville 2017, it's not looking good. Not looking good. But do you know what? I really do hope that they see a bit of an increase in the entry. It is still early doors. This is only May. And the competition itself isn't until August. So you never know. We might see a few more bands put forward their entry. But uh, yeah, it's not looking good for Maxville, is it? Anyway, right, some other sad news. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really want to read this out. I don't like giving stories that are downers, but yeah, it happened, and I report the news, so here we go. Yeah. All right, just do it. Sad news. Grade 1 
Ottawa Police Pipe Band. Now we all know and love Ottawa Police. Fantastic band. They made the decision not to compete in 2017. Now this doesn't come as much as a surprise because this was only just a few months after they recently were looking for a new lead drummer. I'm not sure if we brought that story to the podcast yet, but yeah, a couple of months ago they were asking they needed a new lead drummer. And then, yeah, they, apparently, according to the band's statement, that once they began the process to search for a new lead drummer, they lost more personnel from the band during the process. So, instead of trying to push out and perhaps be under par, they're going to try and regroup during 2017 to push out again for 2018. Now, do you know what? It's kind of a brave decision to make. In my honest opinion. Sometimes I've seen bands who have lost players and lost players and lost players. Until you're down maybe to the bare bones. And you're maybe thinking to yourself. It could be a good time to step back. Regroup. Get some more bones in there. And then push back out again. Whenever you're back to full strength. But sometimes you see a band just continue flogging on. And... Yeah, sometimes they end up getting downgraded and as a result, kind of the downward spiral just begins and then they keep going down and down and down and people just don't play for them anymore. And members they did have that were used to playing in the the heady heights of grade one are maybe now playing in grade 3B and maybe not too happy and, you know. But, you know, taking that step, making that decision to step back and regroup it's a difficult decision to make, but in this case, it's probably the right one. So, hats off to Ottawa Police. Really can't wait to see you back on the grass again. It's just such a shame that this has had to happen, but hey, it's what happens to bands, you know. Memberships change, people move on, and that's just one of those things, you know. And other such sad news, yeah, a good friends of the show, actually. Pipe band. Port of Now, I always have to say Port of name like that because that's kind of a joke we have on the show. Every time I would have read out the results each week and Port of managed to lift a prize, I always give them a shout. Port of Always give it that big long pause in there. So, yeah, Port of have also made the difficult decision to step away from competing this season. So they're not coming out in 2017. Now this is just crap. There's no other word for it. It's awful news. I never like to hear about any pipe band going down. Especially when they've had a real successful run of things. Portavogie have been constantly in the prizes this past couple of years. It's just so disheartening to see them have to take a step back this season. But... According to the band statement, they said that they were a victim of their own success, with numbers being depleted and lacking experience at the higher level. So, yeah, as they became successful and they were winning prizes, of course their band was getting upgraded. But then, yeah, you also have the double side of the sword, where, you know, perhaps I'm not capable to play in this grade. I don't have experience playing up here. And other guys who have come through a successful pipe band, jump to another successful pipe band, and jump to another successful pipe band. And so it continues. It's just par for the course. It's what our pipe band world is. We have it, what we call affectionately as the transfer season, which is normally when people begin their winter practices. So, yeah, I think Portavogi has been badly hit. And, yeah, the numbers have been depleted. And they lack experience at the higher level. So, yeah, again, making that decision to step back during 2017 and not make a push out, I think is possibly the right decision. So, here's hoping Portavogi will be back in competing ways in 2018. Yeah, I really, yeah, I'm so gutted for Portavogi. Such a great band. And every member of the band is so friendly. Great bunch of guys. And it's just such a shame that they're down and out for this season. But, hey, never down and out for too long, eh? Let's get you back on the field for 2018. You, Portavogi, and Ottawa Police, sort it out. 
you'll be back next year. <laughs> right. The RSPBA, they have issued a roster form. Now, in case you missed this story, this is quite big news, actually. I'll say this again. The RSPBA have issued a roster form. Now, what this form is, basically what it says in the tin. It's a roster form. It's a form about who is on your roster as a band. This has been issued out from our headquarters in Glasgow to all of the world associations around the entire globe. Now, this... How do I explain this? This form is kind of a linchpin in setting a new rule. Now, this is a rule that sets... That kind of stops bands from swelling their ranks by international players. Now, pay attention. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just telling you what's happening. <laughs> I'm really choosing my words here. So, this form rules that bands that perhaps could swell their ranks using international players who fly in, play for a weekend, then fly home again. This is to stop this. The RSPBA are taking steps to address it. So, as all band members now, they all have to be registered with a band for a minimum of 42 days prior to competing. So, 42 days that player has to be registered with that band, which means he can't go and compete with another band. So, 42 days, and then you can go and hit the competing field. So, if you're not registered for 42 days, there's a chance your band could get disqualified as a result. So, I don't know. This is the first real crackdown I've noticed. Maybe there's been ones before, but this is certainly one that's most noticeable from the governing bodies of the RSPBA to cut down on the amount of fly-in players. Now, people are, look, are going to be saying, fly-in players? Really? Do they do that? Yes, they do. Especially when it comes to the likes of the world championships or big major championships. Some bands have the luxury of flying people in internationally who are possibly some super amazing kick-ass solo piping dude and fly him in play with my wee band uh yeah <laughs> play with my wee band <laughs> over the weekend and then fly home again now they won't be able to do that unless they're registered as a band member for 42 days prior to the competition so i don't know will this affect future competitions or how bands approach them I don't know. It's interesting. It's a pretty interesting development because, as I say, this is the first attempt by the RSPBA to kind of talk about the elephant in the room. <laughs> it's never been spoken about before, really, about fly-in players. But here we are. They're addressing the topic. Our association listens. So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how this pans out as the season progresses. Anyway. Let's talk a little bit more about piping news. Don't worry. I'm sure I've bothered you enough about piping news. But we're nearly done. This week has been crazy busy. Now, congratulations have to go to Raffo Pipe Band and Manor Cunningham Pipe Band. Manor Cunningham are actually making a comeback this year. I'm all sorts of excited. Go on, Manor! Yeah, so Raffo Pipe Band and Manor Cunningham Pipe Band, both from the Republic of Ireland, they have been collectively awarded... With 22,000 euro in funding. Now we were talking about pipe band finance on a previous podcast. This is a big deal. This is a free government handout. Saying here guys. Here's 22,000 euro. Go and spend it. So these guys have got this money. And it came from the Department of Arts and Heritage in the Republic of Ireland. Now, this is fantastic news. So, this money, of course, will go towards buying new instruments, uniforms, and, of course, tuition as well for new members. So, fantastic. Now, this is £22,000 between both bands. Both didn't get an even cut. Some got a little bit more, some got a little bit less. Nah, 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 nah. But either way, €22,000 has been invested in the piping world by the Irish government. Now, isn't that fantastic? Yeah, I think our government should be investing loads of money in the piping world. 
But then I would be kind of biased, wouldn't I? <laughs> anyway, Grants, let's talk about podcasts. Because we are a podcast ourselves. But before the Big Rab Show podcast existed, there was the Grace Note Vortex. And I have to be honest, I was a massive fan of the Grace Note Vortex. And I still am. I love their podcast. If you haven't checked it out yet, please do. Grace Note Vortex. It's available on iTunes and all that stuff. Definitely worth going to check out. I got in contact with the guys on the live show there on Tuesday night who said that they will be producing another episode ahead of the first major. So within the next two weeks, a new podcast will be available from the Grace Note Vortex. Now you're going to want to check this out. The Grace Note Vortex guys really know what they're doing and (laughs) some of the crack and the laugh that these guys have. Unbelievable. I can't wait to hear the new podcast. It's yeah, it's always a highlight. Go and check them out and tell them that we sent you. Yeah? Say hey, the big rab show sent me over here. Hey, it's alright over here, like you know. Grace Note Vortex, is it? Not bad, not bad, not bad at all. Right, so that's it for the piping news guys. Wow, I have been talking for way too long. But that's it. Do you know what's happening next week? The piping season starts next week. Ah! Cannot wait! Yes, the piping season here in Northern Ireland kicks off next week with banger competition. I have to take a deep breath because every time I think about the start of the season I just get stupidly excited. I cannot wait to hit the grass again. See everyone, see all your old friends that's been locked away in band halls all this winter. And yeah, just... To hear the bands, just to hear them all and see what their new material is. Hear all those new MSRs, all the new medleys. Yeah, just to hear what they're going to be bringing to the circle. Because let's face it, bands have been working furiously over this last, I don't know how many months, since the season finished last year, putting new stuff together. So I just love the kickoff of the season. Within the first two to three weeks of the season, you kind of get a feeling for how things are going to go, how bands are finding their form. Some bands are still working on sound issues, I suppose. But you normally hear, maybe after the third, fourth week in the season, you kind of get an idea of how things might go come Glasgow. So, oh man, I cannot wait. Competition season starts next week. Who's excited? (laughs) So, yeah, that would explain why there is so much piping news this week. Because bands are starting to come out of hibernation, so to speak. And <laughs> the piping world is starting to warm up. And you guys thought I didn't have enough to talk about in the podcast. Sometimes I actually have to try and edit stuff. You know what I mean? Well, I talk about this story or this story or this story or this story. Sometimes it just, you get inundated. You know? But you know what? I love every bit of it. Start of the piping season next week. Yes! Cannot wait. Right, time for me to get a bit of a cup of tea, throw my heels up, and it's time for the topic of the week. Welcome to the Big Rab Show podcast. Oh, come on, Rab, what's up? Was the radio show, the Facebook and the Twitter no enough for you? Loud Pipes Visual Media is your dedicated resource for coverage of pipe bands from Northern Ireland. Loud Pipes Visual Media specialises in both photography and videography, so you don't only get to see the fantastic spectacle of piping and drumming, but you also get to hear it too. Loud Pipes Visual Media is always very keen to promote bands from Northern Ireland, so if you or your band has an event or you would like a specific photograph or video taken, please get in touch with Loud Pipes Visual Media on their Facebook page or contact Barbara on 07719231402. Hello, this is Fred Morrison and you're listening to The Big Rab Show. The Big Rab Show on Fuse FM, Balmont. Tuesday nights, 7pm to 9. They are the show for the piping folk. Reflecting everything from the bagpiping world. Celtic music, folk music, solo piping, and of course, pipe bands. Bagpipes are your thing? Tune in to The Big Rap Show. The Big Rap Show, Tuesday nights, 7 till 9, on Fuse FM, Bala Money.
Yes, indeed, it's the topic of the week. Now, unfortunately, this week's topic of the week is a short one. <laughs> now, that's all partly because of the sheer volume of piping news we had. <laughs> Crazy. Unbelievable. So, yeah, but it's still an interesting topic of the week all the same. And I really want to hear your guys' opinion on it, to be honest. Yeah, this is always, as always, is a two-way conversation. I want to hear from you. So if you have an opinion on this topic, please let me know. Email me, bigrabshow at gmail.com, and I will definitely feature your question. Now, let's talk about tenor drummers. Yeah. Now, the reason why tenor drummers is a topic at all is because the medium has changed so much in this past few years it's incredible now when i was a little nine-year-old boy sorry eight yeah eight or nine whatever i was young (laughs) i was told do you want to be in a band yeah i want to play a drum okay you're gonna play chanter so i was handed a chanter and taught how to play the scale and then yeah I didn't like it, to be honest, and couldn't really hack it, too, because I've got short, stumpy, little fat fingers, and, yeah, couldn't really cut it as a piper. So I was told, to kind of my entry level into the piping world, here's a tenor drum, here's two sticks, you're now a tenor drummer. Oh, okay. So what do I do? Um, not sure, ask the bass drummer. <laughs> So, I went to the bass drummer. Now, this was in a grade 2 pipe band, by the way. I'm not going to mention them by name, uh, because I'm sure people will be laughing. But <laughs> Because I'm kind of outing them. But, um, now, you're talking, this is in the 80s. This is definitely, what, 80, 87, 88, whenever I first played my first competition as a tenor drummer. Um, I was taught what they now call flourishing Back then, I called it swinging. You swing your stick around. So, (laughs) I was taught how to swing, how to flourish, and how to catch the stick again. And, you know, you do your opening rolls. One, two, three. One, two, three. With a swing in between. Right? And then, yeah, most of the time, you were beating along in time with the bass drum. And that was it. That was as complicated as it got. Now, during my time on tenor drum, I learned the different rhythmical differences between the tunes. I learned what a strispe was. I learned what a reel was, a hornpipe, and all that sort of stuff. I learned, as I said, the rhythmical differences between all the tunes. And during my time on tenor drum, it was always just seen as an introductory level to something else. So the natural progression for me was either on the pipes or what I really wanted to do was on the snare drum. So during my time on tenor, I was just there filling time, filling a space, not really contributing much to be honest. And just, yeah, learning my mummy daddy's paradiddles, fives and triplets and all that stuff all on the side. So, Tenor drumming for me was always seen as an afterthought of the piping world until recently. Maybe in this last, maybe not even recently, this last 10 years. It's really went through a large transformation. Now, during my time in the 80s, bands were lucky if they had one tenor. Maybe two. The band I played in, we were very lucky. We had three tenor drummers. Now, what the crack was with our pipe band is we tried something that we thought was new and different (laughs) turned out it wasn't so new and different because a lot of bands had followed suit we had the lead tenor standing in the middle of the band beside the bass drum and then me and the other tenor drummer stood on the circle on the outskirts now we watched the lead tenor in the middle now the lead tenor drummer didn't swing didn't flourish at all And just beat the whole time. Whereas me and the other tenor drummer on the outskirts of the band. We were there for the eye candy. We were there spending most of our time flourishing. And hardly beating at all. So (laughs) 
It was very weird. But, you know, it was of its time. I think as tenor drumming progressed from those early, early days, it's become so much more musical. It's certainly an art form in itself. And now can definitely stand alone as something to be mastered. Whereas before, whenever I was doing it, I don't know. It kind of was seen as an afterthought, in my opinion. Maybe I could be completely wrong. But let's look at bands like the 78th, whenever they recorded their Live in Ireland 87. That iconic recording that just stands up today as possibly one of the best pieces of recorded pipe band music ever. They didn't have any tenor drummers. Not one. They had a bass drummer. And that was it. No need for tenors. So, I don't know. It raises the debate. As much as we loved hearing tenor drummers in a pipe band now, whenever the Live in Ireland thing was redone again recently in Glasgow and then again here in Belfast, you didn't actually... I'm not as bad to say this, but musically, I didn't miss them. Because I suppose I was used to hearing what I heard on the recording. I didn't have any tenors, so yeah, maybe that's it. But nowadays, tenor drummers play a massive role in any drum corps. Let's look, for instance, at Inverary, of course. Oh my word, those guys are like, they're doing aerobics. They're, <laughs> they're crazy. Some of the flourishing is so intricate and just, I don't know how they mix some of those shapes. It's just incredible to watch. And St. Lawrence Atul, oh, come on. Some of the best tenor drumming I've seen this past three or four years. Their tenor core is just magical. But, you know, it's not just the visuals with St. Lawrence Atul and Inverary. They're also incredible musicians. Like, those guys never miss a beat. There could be one tune, and they only have one note to play. And they have to count their parts all the way through that tune and then hit that one note. And if it's missed, you can hear it being missed. But if it's hit, you know it's hit and wow, does it sound good. So, it's you know, can you just stand there flourishing all the way through the tune and then hit that, that one beat bang on when you need to? It's a skill. It's a real skill. So, um, yeah, as much... Sometimes people like to bag on tenor drummers and say, ah, you're just wannabe pipers, you're wannabe drummers. I would be the first to jump in there and defend them and say, no, these guys are definitely incredible musicians in their own right. Now let's look at Field Marshal Montgomery, for example. Their tenor line is just pristine. Andrew Elliott, of course, lead tenor of Field Marshal, does an amazing job. As well as the the tuning of them, I have to say, especially with Field Marshal, I don't know why their tuning stands out for me with their tenors, but it almost seems to be pitch perfect along with the chanter. Now, perhaps this is why their parts are written, you know, that they're hitting certain notes at certain times, but it definitely complements the music. It's never fighting against it with Field Marshal. But as well with the tenors in St. Lawrence the Tool, again, incredibly musical and the tenors complement the drum score, which pushes along the medley. And it just sticks it along at a pace. You know, the tenors are there and they're, you know, they're just there pushing along with the snares. Same with Inverarian District. You get some amazing melodic parts and perhaps the snares aren't playing at all. And it's just the bass section. And it's just the tenors. Do, 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 do. Unbelievable. Some of that stuff's incredible. And Inverary are masters at it. Now, I'm not just saying these are the three bands with great tenor cores, because grade one is full of them. Look at Simon Fraser, for example. Those guys know how to play. Oh, oh, oh my word. Now, I'm not just talking about grade one as well. There are some cracking good bands in grade two, grade three, with amazing tenor cores. Even in grade four, there's some great grade four bands with tenor cores. That you could watch them all day, you know, because they're just that good. Now, the reason why it's a topic is because it made me stand back, and I honestly thought that if my nine year old self was to be handed a tenor drum and a pair of sticks and said, Here you go, Rab, you're now a tenor drummer, 
I would honestly think to myself, uh, right, um, I don't think I'd be able to do that. <laughs> honestly, because it's so intricate now. The flourishing itself is a skill set that I'm sure takes a long time to master. Never mind learning your actual parts, your sets along with everyone else, and then having to be that glue in the band. It's one way I see tenor drummers, they're the glue. Pipes are on one side, drums are on the other. Bass man is the heart of the band, he's the pulse. But there's nothing gluing the pipes and the drums together. That's what tenor drums are for me. Musically, they're there for the pipers because they're pitched with the pipes. But rhythmically, they're there with the drummers. So they're the best of both worlds. They are that glue. And that's the way I see them. Some people love it what they're doing these days. Some people hate it. And yeah, let's talk about the reason why people hate it. Okay, I'm going to talk about them, but am I by no means slagging them off? <laughs> Before I start getting the emails coming in, let's talk about the spirit of Scotland Pipe Band. Yes, last year, of course, everyone remembers the run by Spirit of Scotland and those wonderful purple drums. Oh, they just look class. But yeah, the legend himself, Mr. Tyler Fry, who possibly could be held up as responsible for starting all of this movement in tenor drumming. Yeah, he marched on with, I think it was a 10 tenor drums. Now that's just, that's more notes than you have on the chanter. Do you know, <laughs> these guys, 10 tenor drums, just, I don't know. Some people really loved it and thought that they added so much to the performance. But other people kind of thought that it was, Dog dirt. I thought, why have so many tenors? You're kind of overpowering the music rather than complimenting it. And I don't know. To be fair, to seeing a bass man and then maybe a row, maybe two rows of tenors and then a line of snares, it was strange. Odd to see. But also very exciting. From a spectator's point of view, I was like, wow, what are these guys going to do? And to be fair... Listening back to the Spirit of Scotland playing at last year's World Championships or any other major for that matter, I didn't think they were too overpowering. They were there when they needed to be, I think. And whenever they were there when they needed to be, maybe sometimes they're too strong for some people. You know, maybe they are coming across volume-wise just because there is so many of them. I don't know. It's kind of like, what, Marmite? Some people love them, some people hate them. <laughs> but um, I definitely think tenor drumming is in a much better place than what it was whenever I started in the 80s. Some people say that perhaps we should go back to those days in the 80s where there were less tenor drummers, there was less kind of musical thrust behind tenor drumming and more thrust behind what the snares are doing. But to be honest, snare drummers are working as hard as they always have for years. They now just have this new element to complement what they're doing. Does that make any sense? So, <laughs> as much as I love defending tenor drummers, I can see where people come from. And yeah, whenever you're marching on with ten, ten, nine tenor drums, it's kind of a bit overkill. I will kind of agree with that. Yeah, I can see perhaps it can be a bit much. But, you know, it's all about pushing the envelope and trying new things. You haven't seen any other band try it with 10 other tenor drummers? And let's not forget the time Shots and Dyke had done that amazing tenor drum experiment where the guy stuck a tube in a tenor drum and blew into it to change the pitch of the drum. And then whenever he let it out of his mouth, it went do 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 do. And that was brilliant! Now, <laughs> it was really cool to watch because the camera actually zoomed in on this guy and so say, what are you doing? And yeah, it was great to watch the whole process, you know, and how the score fit in with what he was doing. Yeah, again, pushing envelopes and using tenor drummers to kind of experiment with different sounds, different ways of doing things. It's always good. Now, whenever it comes to drum salutes, 
tenor drums now feature as kind of the main part of a drum salute now. Visually especially. You normally have snare drummers and they're doing their thing. You're throwing the sticks and doing backsticking and different things. But tenor drums now bring the drum salute to a whole new level. Let's look at what Phil Marshall done at their concert, Impact. They all held their, their drums up, vertical. And the drummers came along and played the bottom head. It was class to watch. You know, It was great visually to see this happening. As well as all the flourishing and everything being in unison. And that's just, yeah. Tenor drumming is in such a healthy place. Yeah, I'd, I would love to see it improve as the years go on. Now, I suppose, we have solo tenor drumming, which was an event to begin with maybe four or five years ago, but never happened here in Northern Ireland. <laughs> I don't know about abroad, but um, certainly I don't ever remember seeing a solo tenor drumming event, honestly. But now they're kind of commonplace. There recently we had the Ulster Championships, the Ulster Solos, and yeah, tenor drumming was part of that. And it's fascinating to watch because the solo tenor drumming center bleh, the solo tenor drummer <laughs> excuse me is the focus of attention and they can't bluff. They can't just phone it in. They're being watched. You know, you can't just blend into the crowd. Now you're centre stage and it's really cool to watch these tenor drummers and their process of how they put scores together. How they're flourishing complements what they're playing. Oh, just really, really good. Really interesting to how the whole solo scene in the, the tenor drumming world is developing. As well as the products. Tenor drumming has their own complete line of tenor drum products. Yeah, practice sticks, practice things. and Yeah, they have all sorts of handmade sticks, hand-painted ones, hand-wrapped ones, different weights, different kinds of strings and things to tie it to your hand. Just a complete different world now with all of these products all being developed. And it's a very exciting time to be a tenor drummer, to be honest. It's certainly a lot more interesting than when I was a tenor drummer. Just uh, copy the bass man there, would you? Grant. And that's it. You know, you weren't given any other instruction. <laughs> so, from those days where even the Field Marshal Montgomery had two tenor drummers, or even the band I played in, we had three. Woo! Yeah, back from those days where tenor drumming seemed to be kind of an afterthought, to be honest. Kind of being brutal there, but it was. To now, where tenor drumming seems to be certainly taking centre stage. In some of the biggest competitions. Sometimes it could possibly win you. Championships. It could be just that little edge. Perhaps your tenor core is just that little bit better. You know what I mean? There you go. I want to know your opinion guys. Perhaps I'm just sitting here. Talking away to myself. And I have my opinion on tenor drumming. I honestly think it's in a very good place at the minute. And I would love to see where it's going to go in the future. Where can it go in the future? I don't know. We already have solo tenor drumming. Are we going to see more bands with tenor drum cores of like 10 people? 15 people? Why not? 15 tenor drums? Why not? And they all play in harmonies with each other and stuff. <laughs> I don't know. But I do think it's in a very healthy place. What are your guys' opinions? Do you like tenor cores? Do you like what tenor drums bring to the piping world? Would you like to see more of them? Less of them? I don't know. Who are your favourites? Who are your favourite tenor core? Yeah, I've kind of already put my hand up there and said that I love St. Lawrence's, to be honest. But, so, yeah. Aye. But, yeah, there are so many good tenor drum cores out there. They're ridiculous. And if anything, if you can't listen to the music, if you don't like piping at all... Put your fingers in your ears and watch the tenor drummers because they'll give you something to watch. You know, they are the visual aspect, I suppose. When bands go in and stand in a circle with their back towards you, these are the tenor drums who are throwing their hands around and showing off. <laughs> Whoa, look at all this stuff I can do. Wow, aren't I great? Do you know what I mean? And that's what makes it kick ass. I love that. Hey, that's it for the topic of the week. <laughs>
Hope you guys enjoy the podcast this week. That's a long one, so apologies for that. I am getting slagged off. Sometimes these podcasts just drone on and drone on. But we've had so much news this week. Plus, we had a little topic of the week to get through. So, hey, Grant, please, guys, please send me in your voicemails. I haven't got any this week. So disappointing. So, yeah. If you can, take a minute or two, record a little message, email it into us, bigrabshow at gmail.com. Don't worry, we will be getting to the disabled topic. It's a pretty big area. You guys seem to be very keen to talk about it. Don't worry, we will be bringing this topic to the podcast, rest assured, along with the topic of learning. Yeah, that's been brought to, to the fore as well, about how every piper has a different journey, and how it's kind of handled by various bands and associations and things. Don't worry, that's all being investigated too. With all of the topics of the week suggestions, yeah, I like to do my homework. I like to kind of research and present it from a point of view that I kind of know half of what I'm talking about. <laughs> so don't come across as a bit of an idiot. So, uh, yeah, that's a thing. Grant, guys, thanks a million for listening to the podcast this week. And again, please tell a friend. Let them know about the podcast. And also, get yourselves onto your social media. Because that's where it's at, at the moment. <laughs> right, Rob, that's enough talking for this week, pal. Checkers. Right, guys. See you next week here in the Big Rab Show podcast. Until then, see you on Throwback Thursday on the Facebook page and our social media through the weekend as competition season's just next week. And yeah, don't forget to catch the live show on Fuse on Tuesday night. And yeah, I doubt that's it. Well, that's it for another Big Rab Show podcast. Many thanks to our sponsors, good friends there at G1 Reads. Be sure to check them out on Facebook and at g1reach.com. The G1 Platinum Chanter is played by bands around the world, producing that rich, full-bodied tone. If you don't believe me, just listen to our Champion of Champions 2016 in Verarian District. Many thanks to our good mates there at G1, and until next time, we'll see you right here in the Big Rab Show podcast. All the best.